got this? The like, silence afterwards, and yeah. then uh, good old Moss comes in and is like, Good job. Really, <laughs> really bolstering up the troops. Like, no, okay, it was an accident. We were playing too roughly, blah, blah, blah. Let's get out of this as quickly as and cleanly as we can. May the force. Force the force. Force, force, force. The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Each week, we dive deep into the topics you need to know about for Star Wars and the galaxy far, far away. Today, we're going to be offering our review of Andor, episodes 1 through 3, and I cannot wait. As always, I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? Hello. Star Wars, Andor, let's hop right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Star Wars Andor. Ander. Cassian Ander. The galaxy far, far away has a new entry point and new flavor offering new fans and old fans of Star Wars. Spice. A little extra of uh, the Star Wars spice for sure. <laughs> a spice. <laughs> oh my golly goodness, do we have some Star Wars. There's a couple things I want to break down. One, I want to break down the story today. Two, I want to break down the cinematics. And three, I want to talk about how this adds to the uh, canon of Star Wars. And how does it take what inspired the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, as well as the spinoff shows like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Where does it fit in in the broader sense of Star Wars is something that I want to talk about today. So let's jump right in with the story. And first off, goodness gracious, we're getting such a rich deep mature storytelling like they're taking their time with it Mm -hmm. they're saying okay the first two episodes we're going to have a case study on how to introduce a character that you may know of from rogue one and then just take him to the next level yeah i really appreciate just the time that they took to just talk it through like they show us obviously they just they walk us through where he's at now where he was Mm mm-hmm and kind of they're putting putting us at point C, and then they go to point A, and then we follow it all the way through through point B to get back to C. It's really cool. It's classic, classic yeah. storytelling. And I think too, uh, what I love is they kept with the spirit of Rogue One. Like he gets into a scuffle with these two employees of uh, this. Basically, the the world that they're in is a scavenging world. So it's basically everyone that works there or lives there is pushing forward this company that is salvaging these massive, massive ships. That's what they do every day. So they go to this bar. Good gravy. We see a brothel in Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. In and of itself crazy. He goes in. Andor's looking for his sister. Which you almost lose that by the third episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the main goal, it seems, for this first season, possibly the future ones, but the main goal, at least set up in the first three episodes, he's looking for his sister. He's trying to find out where she went, who, who what's going on with her. We see these two thugs. Thugs. They're, ba- they're employees of this company. Higher uh, ups. Higher ups. Mm-hmm. Andor walks in, and he's greeted first. They don't like that. So after Andor leaves, he goes back. And they find him again. They start rummaging through his pockets. And uh, he's like, oh, it's in the other pocket. Boom. It gets real quick. Mm-hmm. First off, one dude dies because he, he went a little too hard with his uh, Head. headbutt yeah. to his Which face. Which is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't mess with the nose when it comes to like yeah. punching Ooh. and... <laughs> yeah. So Ooh. there's that side of things. And then 
once once the one guy's dead, the other dude's like, no, okay, it was an accident. We were playing too roughly, blah, blah, blah. Let's get out of this as quickly as and cleanly as we can. We're going to make some excuses. We weren't doing this thing. Okay, how can we how can we get out of this? And then Andor is just, boom, dead. Mm-hmm. It's a little extreme. It but. is, but it suits the character. It's more gruesome than we see him in Rogue One, which makes sense. Hmm. And it makes sense. This this Andor that we see hasn't gone through the character development of Rogue One because eventually, by the end of Rogue One, he is this much more uh, caring individual. So we mm. see we see a broken man, or at least a, a broken down man, who is trying to do these jobs, get paid. Uh, eventually, gets himself into the situation, looking for a sister. He kills two guys, and that sparks probably one of the best like villain setups ever Mm -hmm. like instead of one person he's fighting like the establishment he's fighting bureaucracy Mm. because you have this what is his name cyril karn is the the guy's name who is just the most perfect person to play this role and is such a great character in star wars Mm -hmm. because you see this guy he is a brown noser Mm -hmm. The only reason he is this, like, he is by the books. He's trying to do the right thing to him. And doing so is uh, overcoming the older gentleman who is trying to keep things good for the whole company to look good and keep the stocks rising instead of doing the right thing. So you have this character who is as motivated, if not more motivated, in what he believes is right and then you have the rest of the cast, which is also like Andor, Bix, uh, all of these other people that are basically the foundations of the rebellion or eventually will be the foundations of the rebellion. They are in this situation. They are trying to do the thing that is right for them to get out of underneath the empire. Mm-hmm or the rule that they're in, or at least find a better life for themselves. So you have these two people that believe they're right. They are doing the thing that they are necessarily, or that they think they should be doing. It's it's fascinating to see them mess with like morality in mm-hmm. it, just because, yeah, that's life. It's so real. Yeah. We have real characters in real settings making real decisions in the Star Wars universe. We have these characters that are set up. They have arcs. They're doing what's right for them with the information they're given. They don't know anything that we do. They don't know they're in Star Wars. They're just living their lives and... Oh, it's so great because they make decisions that make sense for their characters. Mm-hmm. Friend of the podcast, Scout, uh, had this really great thread on Tim, hmm. who is uh, the pretty Scottish boy, mm-hmm. uh, as, I, as I called him on our watch through. Yep. Um, who Bix and Cassian apparently had a thing in the past, it seems. Definitely seems. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have Tim, who's this, uh, who's this character. I mean, he's just, he's doing the thing that, feels right to him mm-hmm. he has his girlfriend weird, really weird relationship there yeah i'm I not think sure how that works i don't either or how that came to work but i also really like it because you have mm-hmm. like she is definitely holding all the cards in this relationship mm-hmm. which is refreshing to see yeah because like you don't really see that portrayed in in media all that often definitely not in star wars definitely not in star <laughs> wars uh so you see tim is trying to make decisions that protect her in the belief that, oh, hey, this dude is hurting my GF now. Mm-hmm. He keeps on coming in and going through and just wrecking everything that we've built up. So it totally makes sense for him to make the decision on calling in these people and reporting Cassian. Yeah, for sure. Totally makes sense. Does I Do I still want to punch him? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Totally. 100%. But 
that's what I love about that show uh-huh. is like, yes, you want to punch him, but also like if you were in that situation, you'd probably, maybe not, make a similar decision with the information that you're given at the time. Yeah. I think something that they do so well, and at least in just these first three episodes, is that I already understand the community. Mm-hmm. Like, you just get it. Like, yeah. you, by the third episode, you're like, yeah, this is fantastic. Like, I understand yeah. how this all works. I understand that the little ding, all that is like, yeah, it's definitely like a warning call. And like, it's so good. I loved that feature of like, all these people are going to come together. They're going to uh, alert everyone else because they are. The people. Mm-hmm. They are their community. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the support group. They're going to come to everyone's aid. As you can see, Cassian like, is friends with everybody. Can help. They will help him. They'll cover for him because they value him as a member of their society. Uh, but he's starting to burn some bridges. Oh, definitely. And you see that by the end of it. Yeah. Um, but he's also trying. He, he very like gently is trying to keep those relationships in bound. And, and when he does have to leave, he goes to all the people that he values and is yeah, like, hey, man. That's true appreciate it i have this opportunity to get off world i need to take it because if i don't you guys are all in trouble mm-hmm. yeah i'm really doing this for you guys sort of thing mm-hmm. so yeah yeah uh. it's good it's good <laughs> yes he's still you can totally see where he's still that little kid mm-hmm. on that random planet you know like yes. there's still this survival mode that he's in mm-hmm. and he's not it, like what daddy Scarsgard says um, <laughs> <laughs> like don't you want to make it mean something like mm-hmm. don't you want to actually put it to them sort of thing like yeah. don't just be don't be burning the bridges around the people you actually love like mm-hmm. actually go for the guys who are actually hurting everyone yeah so it's good it's so good so good oh my gosh <laughs> and then the whole flash the love i love how they handle flashbacks because mm-hmm. they don't like with lost where you have like the yeah. And then you're in the flashback. They have like, they're going to have a scene that also is something that pushes forward Cassian's character. Mm-hmm. And like, why is Cassian making these decisions? Well, look at the past and see what he did to get here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the fact that, one, we have a new Star Wars language. Looks pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't have subtitles. It is pure, pure performance yeah. driven. Like there is no like, oh, hey, we're going to hold your hand through this. You don't need to know what they're saying because ultimately it's their actions that are pushing forward and telling the story that works so well. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you know nothing of what they're saying, but you know exactly what they're saying. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Amazing that those kids could do that. Mm-hmm. And like, beautiful. I take <laughs> back my previous statement from last episode of no one from Disney can do anything with kids. Tony Gilroy can. Yep. Tony Gilroy can say, hey, kid, you are a good actor. I'm going to put you in these scenes that are going to highlight you as an, a, an actor. And you're going to do great. Like, you just felt every single time that he punched one of the consoles of like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Yep. So, so well done. And this show looks like a, se- a series of, like, concept arts. I know. Like, the, the scene where he's looking over the, uh, it's just Cassian looking, as a kid, looking over into this mine. I, I looked over at you when we were mm-hmm. watching. I was like, that looks like concept art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they... How do you think they did that? They used depth, I think, is what mm-hmm. we're ultimately looking at there. Composition. They actually composed their yes. shots. They, they they said, okay, this is the impact that we want to have. We want to make him seem, one, small, 
put him on the edge of this big precipice of this gigantic pit to out of the ordinary because he is going into the space that he knows nothing about and then three put him in the decision of like here we are as a character you are basically in this ritual of becoming a man you're going on the scavenging hunt to see what's going on with the ship that crashed and you are in this moment where you have to prove yourself and you also are in awe of what's happening mm-hmm. but you have this sense of duty and interest that oh yeah so duty good and curiosity Mm-hmm. Mm. We're having this level of discussions on a Star Wars show of like the composition of a shot yeah. and what the shot is telling us. It's not just, oh, yeah, it's, we need to get one, from point A to point B and the shots are only there to get us to from point A to point B. It's like, OK, they're walking to this area and then they get there. This one, like as he walks towards this ship, this crash landing, there is character development, there's character growth, and there is this journey internally of him Mm -hmm. through that walk instead of just going from point A to point B and doing like, okay, they're looking at it and they find it. You have this journey, you have like, he is at the the far end of the pack. Mm -hmm. He's being led by all of these more mature, uh, experienced kids, and he scatters behind mm-hmm. like he is delayed in where he go where he's going because he's not as experienced as them and is also interested in seeing what's going on here mm-hmm. and i think we're gonna see that continue <laughs> through the series mm-hmm. for sure oh yeah i mean why is he why would what, what is his name do we have a name for Skarsgård? yes uh we i don't think he said it in luthan rail so Rail, clearly this is the trait that Rail's looking for. Mm-hmm. He's looking for this... Curiosity, also like ingenuity. Almost, yeah, but also arrogance, maybe? I don't know. Well, not necessarily because he's very humble with the arrogance of the Empire. True. Confidence, maybe? Yeah, maybe a confidence. I don't know. Where did he get it? Like, what? <laughs> I think it's also interesting uh, as like a deeper level of the, the pol- political side of things of which I also want to get into later when we talk about how this fits into the broader Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Had a really good uh, discussion yesterday as we were recording this with a friend of the podcast and listener, uh, Zanyu, on politics and Star Wars and that kind of stuff. But like also, you have the uh, underlying story thread of these outsiders coming into this native planet and then also taking one of the natives... Mm out of that situation Mm -hmm. to save him Mm -hmm. but also at the same time you're also destroying everything he knows about his life yep so there's that side of things too yeah (laughs) i just i love that (laughs) pretty much the first thing that the head of i don't know the company i don't know Manager guy? Yeah, the head manager guy. I love, I love him. that. Yeah, I love that he points out and is like, Did you do something to your uniform? Because that was like the first thing I saw was like, Oh my gosh, that was very tailored. Like, <laughs> you did something to that, bud. And he's like, Light tailoring. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it just totally speaks to his character. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Someone who takes that much pride in their job. I mean, this is like a, a micro to the macro of like what the world is doing like yeah. right now. So it's really cool that we're getting this start as mm-hmm. far as like... And just the, the visual storytelling mm-hmm. of like, even down to his suit, you understand this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't just throw him in some baggy suit because yeah. he would never do that. Uh-huh. He would get his suit tailored. Uh-huh. Yeah. He takes his job 
so seriously. But also, hey, you you could start working on Star Wars pretty I, easily. Yeah. <laughs> My work transcends different uh, uh, both universes. universes and galaxies far, far away. Excellent. I'll just have to relearn probably the machines that they use. But that's yeah. fine. Easy. Once you've used one, I mean, how hard can it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even the idea that you could get your thing tailored mm-hmm. that's great i love seeing that in star wars yeah like what i also love how they call him out and they're like have you ever been there no wh- what does that even matter mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's good yeah he's uh he's just like he is so by the books but doesn't understand how real life works like when he's in the field even down to the point where he leads this mission the one dude who is another Scottish Scottish man, I believe, uh, Sergeant Linus. Oh, what is his name? Uh, Linus. Sergeant Linus Mosk is his name. Uh, he won. We, we see a swear word from him. Mm-hmm. Wow, we got swear words in Star Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, and... <laughs> He's like hyping, hyping Cyril up. Uh-huh. Like he's just like, yeah, buddy, great, great chat there. Like that was such a motivating message. Even though like he, he's pulling the sw- strings uh-huh. and he's trying to move forward in his mm-hmm. ranking or like understanding or value in this company. It's so great. Yeah. And then Cyril doesn't even realize it. Uh-huh. No, yeah, he's so like blind and like focused on the thing that at hand. It's it's great because it's great to see him thinking like what it is that he knows he has to do and like what the right thing to do mm-hmm. is. But just how I don't want to say incompetent, but Ill-experienced, like yeah, unexperienced? Just how he just doesn't actually know. Like he's just like suddenly put in this position that he's always wanted. Mm-hmm. But has no idea how to like yeah. do. Th- he didn't even know how to make a speech. Like, <laughs> come on, bud, you got this. The like, silence afterwards, and yeah. then uh, good old Moss comes in and is like, "Good job, really, really bolstering up the troops." Like, yeah, everyone really, mm. really needed to hear those words. Yep. So you have this incredibly motivated imperial. Um, Manager, sub manager, assistant to the regional manager. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm assistant regional manager. I should know first. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, okay. He's the Dwight of Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you have him that is going through around and is like doing all this. One, his boss said, "Don't do this." Two, he's playing detective, and three, he's also has no experience and he's even like should i go out into the field with this i think it's i think it's perfect thing to do sir yeah (laughs) and then they lose so many people they do it's like oh it's like man you you were trying to find out who killed two people and you probably lost like five or six of your own soldiers and a plane and a plane (laughs) that was actually something i wanted to point out too though was just how similar those planes were to Mm -hmm. or ship was i think they're the the la80s That'd be the time frame where they're like transitioning over from the Clone Wars almost. Huh. Well, I liked how they kind of alluded to it. Totally, yeah. definitely different, different mm-hmm. in many, many ways. But I liked that it was like the same shape. And so we're like, oh, yeah, this is just like the next couple, like, yeah, you can start to see the middle sort of ground thing. of in between like what they use in the Empire mm-hmm. and then what they used in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Really appreciated that. Uh, so good. And I also, switching gears, now that we take that. 
we, we talked a bit about the story, the storytelling, how people in the story are, are set up for their own character arcs. You have the lovely droid, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You have the mom, who's just so... Yeah, uh, she's cool. So great. Also, Petunia from Harry yeah. Potter. We are watching, it's like, Sydney's like, that looks a lot like Petunia. <laughs> Looked it up. It's like, do you know why? I'm like, no. It is! <laughs> Harry Potter and Star Wars merged together. Uh, and you have like these these people that you know are going to play parts to it in the future. Like mm-hmm. they're definitely going to have some piece to play as we go forward in the story, but they yeah. haven't had their spot yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Then going into the the cinematography, the videography, all of the actual composition is just next level. It's something we have not seen in Star Wars that is really raising the bar for what we can expect to see going forward. Uh, I use this analogy. It was like Mandalorian season season three. Tony Gilroy chucked a grenade into their room, closed the door, and was like, okay, guys, have fun. <laughs> I just raised one. the bar for expectations of what a Star Wars show can be, mm-hmm. and anything less than that will now get pointed out. It's like, okay, this is what Star Wars show is going to look like. If you look at Book of Boba Fett, okay, yeah, that looks like The Mandalorian. You go to uh, Obi-Wan, which just looks... Definitely not as good as the uh, Book of Boba Fett, but also on the same level. It's like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a TV show. This one, Tony Gore was like, yeah, we're just going to go in and make the best looking Star Wars thing that has ever been made. And uh, also, all of you guys, take a look here. We're going to start filming season two in November. Uh, Get wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very Blade Mm Runner-esque. Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time. I love it so much. I love the atmosphere. I love the music. I love the composition. I love the film. I love the cinematography. Everything about Blade Runner. I've watched all of the different cuts and the behind the scenes. I love that movie so much. And this has such a clear grasp of one taking influence of something like Blade Runner all the way down to the music and the Mm -hmm. opening theme. Oh my gosh, that opening theme. Oh my goodness. Woo! I didn't. I didn't know what was happening. I was just mm-hmm. like enthralled. I could not stop looking at yeah, it. Yeah, when it like, first came up, we're like, "What?" Oh, we were my just gosh. like dead silence. I'm pretty sure both our jaws were open. Yeah, we're, like, <laughs> we're just like getting absorbed in the universe. Um, there's a quote about filmmaking that in the opening scene, you can tell whether or not a filmmaker knows the story that they're going to tell. Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy knows the story that he's going to tell. He knows where to start it, and he knows where it's going to end before he even begins. He knows there are only going to be two seasons. He knows the story. He knows the end point. knows where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. And now it's a matter of, okay, how can we showcase this character, start one place, and then ultimately see him grow into the character that we'll see in Rogue One? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do the... Where is the dark darkness that eventually goes to Rogue One? Yeah. But also at the same time, pull in that the inspiration to fight for the rebellion, to fight the Empire at the same time. I think on that side of things, from the cinematography, the set design. Oh my gosh! Is unreal. Like the the <laughs> shuttle ship, our our buddy Stellan Skarsgård. Oh yeah, yeah. When yeah. he steps off of it, yeah, that is real. Wow. And it's real sun. Oh my god! I mean, we, yeah. like we pointed out, like this is this looks real. Yeah, like, this like, is real. I feel like I could go there, mm-hmm. like because it I can technically. Yeah, they both it's these a set. things. <laughs> <laughs> I love how in the one, um, I don't know, there was that one uh, article that we were reading that was like, I, 
the some an actor or oh, someone, the noodles. Yeah, was looking at like the props that was just laying out, and there was noodles in it. I love that someone was actually eating those blue yeah. noodles. Yeah, like, we saw them. Yeah, I was like the blue noodles. Multiple people were, <laughs> and it's also the guys that are in front of the camera, like the 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 team in front of the the screens in the company. Are there eating noodles? Like that is the yeah. most like. Yeah. How can we make the most mundane situation uh-huh. that totally happens in Star Wars actually happen in Star Wars and be authentic? Mm-hmm. Blue noodles. Blue noodles. Solves it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of the props were so good. So good. Tangible things. They add a lot of really interesting decisions. Mm-hmm. Like the everything that they do is very motivated. I mean, all the way down to like the flask that they use. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it looks awesome, but it's probably like a canister that they found off of a ship or something. Like yeah. that's the vibe I at least get from it. Yeah. It's like all of these things are either like worn, reused, have been passed down through generations. Like nothing is new on this planet. Everything fits in. I really like how they're doing the aliens Mm. like they're they're not highlighting them which is totally fine yeah um but they just they feel natural like Mm -hmm. they're not like these are people in alien suits done very well yeah this isn't some cgi stuff Mm -hmm. it's just good like it's just good arts artwork and i think that's a great point yeah of you don't really notice them because mm-hmm. they fit in very well. Mm-hmm. I saw a few people like, there's not any aliens. It's like, there's a crap ton of aliens. They just fit into the scene so well. Yeah. Uh, there's the big guy. And he's like, I, I don't know. Love I just got that. paid to stand here. <laughs> <laughs> so good. What's kind of missing, though, is droids. I mean, mm-hmm. we get the one square B. Uh, adorable little Wally B. guy. Yes. Yeah. Kind of nickname, yeah. <laughs> um, which is amazing. And he's this little depressed, like, yeah. um, codependent droid that one that doesn't, doesn't want to lie. lie. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. But like, we actually haven't really seen too many others, which is really interesting mm-hmm. for like a mining community. It's very yeah. heavily based on the workers mm-hmm. and not on. I wonder if it's a, a something like to do with price. Hmm, like in universe be. it's yeah. cheaper to have these people that raise and are lived on like live on this planet than it is to go through and build Probably. a bunch of droids because the most that i th- when i think of like a lot of droids on a planet i think of like tattooing mm-hmm. this high like i don't know density trading and yeah. like black market sort of stuff uh-huh. like that makes sense yeah so really you, ha- you have this port then uh, like everything's going through mm-hmm. uh and then this planet like nobody really goes there at all yeah yeah there's already something there mm-hmm. to be like they're they're mining they're, yeah yeah but even that point like this uh, story you have a clear understanding of there's a reason for the decision that there aren't droids on this planet yeah yeah now are they mining or are they like salvaging they're salvaging oh, okay so they're taking uh these big crash ships or whatever and they're taking up taking them apart to use for parts or mm-hmm. whatever hmm. uh yeah. Hmm. They actually use uh, one of the same lifters that is in uh, Fallen Order hmm. on Bracca. Yeah. So they use a, a, the same technology there. Nice. So I would imagine it's one because of how the variance in ships that they would have to do, mm-hmm. um, the adaptability of humans mm-hmm. or aliens, and uh, just the, the cheapness. Because you know they're not paying these people very well. <laughs> no. No. Got to turn up the peak. Mm-hmm. Which is also very nice. I love that 
it's this is a chillier planet. Like yeah. this isn't a sand planet. <laughs> I am getting some sand vibes, but you're consistently reminded that no, it's cold here. Mm-hmm. At least in this season, perhaps. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. A just <laughs> Uh, yeah i didn't even catch that yep yep i also want to let's have a discussion on how this fits into the broader world of star wars Mm -hmm. because i think this is one of those things that like you look at and you're like man is this star wars or is this just like a really good story in the sci-fi setting some people complain about that it's like Mm -hmm. there's there's no there's no easter eggs blah 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 we talked about that before. Not going to touch on it here. But does this fit Star Wars? Is is this destroying what George Lucas built in the beginning? Um, I don't think so. I think it's building on top of the decades of foundation that was built on Star Wars and evolving. It's taking what maybe George originally intended, maybe not, but using the setting of Star Wars to tell these deeply personal stories that have been... Like, we've had personal stories, but not to the level of grit and reality that this is. Like, these are real people in Star Wars. Like, this is what their daily lives are like. And it also adds to the backdrop of what Luke, Leia, Han are fighting for. They're fighting for these people to have more freedom on their planets. Whether or not it actually carries over, you can definitely debate that. But they're having, like, a, a much deeper discussion piece there of this is what it's really like for people that aren't force sensitive i would agree honestly i feel like this is probably the closest thing that we've gotten to the originals mm-hmm. i i 100 agree with the that, that statement mm-hmm. i am an og boy i accept the prequels i like them but i don't necessarily i love them but not to the same level of something like the original trilogy where you just have a lot of that Obviously, they're pioneering technologies, but they understood the technologies much more than they did in the prequel trilogy up until the Revenge of the Sith had the most like complete understanding of like pairing of story and technology. And then you have a loss of that side of things with the sequel trilogy where you they aren't pushing forward technology. They're going back in a lot of ways uh, to what was originally used, the vintage lenses, um, trying to shoot on film. Uh, also the CGI side of things like they have a, a mishmash but they aren't really pushing for anything forward they're retelling stories and putting a little bit of a spin on it this is a new story set in an old world mm-hmm. that has definitely been told but not in the way it's been told here it's almost like if the if the prequels or if the if the originals were like innovative like as innovative as they are i feel like the prequels just try to harness the innovation so i feel like they just focus more on like the innovation like Mm -hmm. the it's technology for technology's sake instead of purely story yeah i feel like that was more of like Mm -hmm. compared to what we have now with andor it's like okay we know what technology can do now let's focus and really put the love in that Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas film or yeah, George, George Lucas. Lucas would have done. Uh-huh. It's like we're focusing more on the story, using the good technology already mm-hmm. that we know. Yeah, and focusing on that and just putting all the love into and that. also trying to actively stay away from technology hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because you have they built these sets. Mm-hmm. They don't use the volume. They are doing these things as real as they can. They have a freaking orchestra on set mm-hmm. during Amazing. the most like intensive emotional moments. 
so good. Could you imagine, like, I'm just in awe, as an actor having a live orchestra on the scene as you're delivering these very emotional lines? Like, that is just adds a whole level. There's no I feel way like you I wouldn't couldn't... be able to act. Yeah. After that, without it, you know, uh-huh. like, like, no, I need my music. It's like so real. Like you mm-hmm. get it. You're getting as close to the finished product in the making of the product as you can. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we really like Andor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Star Wars Uplink. We release episodes every Tuesday, so make sure that you stay up to date by subscribing for free wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places, and watch the video version on YouTube. As always, thank you for listening, and we'd love it if you reached out and uh, left us a review or a rating on Spotify. You can, uh, we definitely really appreciate that. Helps other people find the show. And on Apple Podcasts or or, uh, iTunes, we actually get to see you can write your review as well. Helps us out a ton. Honestly, like if you have like two minutes to leave a review, it helps us out a ton. It's a great free way to support the show and uh, help us out. But with that, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, may the force be with you.